Hello, my name is Felicia Goings and I want to welcome you back to WordCast. The lady that waxes my eyebrows, she's a Buddhist and she was having some challenges with one of her loved ones and she was saying how it made her feel the way that they speak towards her and the things that they say, how it made her feel. And she was telling me the scenario and answer welled up in my spirit from the Holy Spirit and he told me to tell her, pray over their mouth. And I said, hey, have you ever tried praying over their mouth? And she's like, huh, what do you mean? What do you mean? I said, pray, pray over uh, their mouth. Now she's from a different country. So I was making sure that there weren't any language barriers between us. I was trying to, you know, use my hands, like pray over their mouth. Um, and she said, oh, I'm, I'm Buddhist. Like I, I don't, we, we, we pray. I said, do you pray to God? And she kind of paused and like, she didn't know what to say. Let me give you a quick summary on what Buddhism is for those of you who may not know. So Buddhism appeals to many people because it promotes nonviolence and tolerance and offers a moral life of peace, tranquility, and enlightenment, but all without any accountability or obligation to God. The Buddhist view of God is explained in a basic Buddhism guide. There is no almighty God in Buddhism. There is no one to hand out rewards or punishments on a supposed judgment day. So basically, they're making it very clear. This has nothing to do with Jesus Christ. So according to the Bible, people who are Buddhists and they do not believe in Jesus Christ are considered to be unbelievers and they are lost. They don't pray to God. So the fact that I asked her, had she prayed, it the question confused her because that's not even in her purview of understanding because Buddhists don't pray to God. And where Jesus is concerned, many Buddhists would probably consider Jesus Jesus to be an enlightened master, though definitely not the son of God. Uh, there was an article that said the Dalai Lama believes that Jesus is a fully enlightened being. In the article in Christianity Today, the interviewer challenged the Dalai Lama with this thought. If Jesus is fully enlightened, wouldn't he be telling the truth about himself? But if what Jesus said about himself and being the son of God, the way to God and God in the flesh is not true, then how can he be fully enlightened according to Buddhism? So I'm just giving you context here that what I said to this woman, this was not just a simple statement. And if you are a Christian and you're not familiar with what other people believe, you'll think what I said was no big deal. But the fact that I was talking to her about praying to an almighty God is in direct opposition to what Buddhism teaches and she's a Buddhist. Now let's pick back up with my brow appointment where I'm basically sharing with this sweet woman how to pray to God about the problem that she was just confiding in me about while I was sitting in her chair getting my eyebrows waxed. I said, this is what you say. God, I pray over, you put the person's name in there, mouth, help them speak right, God. Touch their mouth, help them speak right, God, so that they don't say things that are harmful to them or other people. I said, just make it real simple. She was like, hmm, y'all, based off how it looked to me, she did my eyebrows fabulously. I paid the money, told her goodbye. I walked out feeling like that didn't really make a dent or anything in the situation. So I left and I ended up being, I think like two, four weeks out. I was way overdue for a, a brow appointment. And when I finally went back, I got in the chair, I'm laying back and she said, oh, 
it worked. He got better. It got better. And I was like, what? She was like, yes, it worked. It worked. She was saying she prayed over the person's mouth and she said that it got better that it worked for her to the point her son was having problems with somebody her son was i guess complaining about somebody and she said i told him you have to pray over their mouth so now she confident with it she liked the lady that was at the well jesus told her one thing she went took that seed and spread that seed to other people and they came running to christ well, with this particular scenario, I gave her that seed. She took that seed and gave it to somebody else. And you see the ripple effect of it working. And even at that point in time, I just celebrated her, loved on her. I was like, oh, that's so great. I'm so happy for you. Prayer works. And when I left, because I still did not share Jesus yet. So the Lord was showing me she didn't even have a concept of praying to God the way that I was saying. I was planting a seed. It wasn't time to try to reach a harvest and say, okay, do you accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior? No. So when I left, I got in my truck and I prayed over her. And I said, God, this woman got results out of praying. And, and this person is really special to her. And she got results in a very, very difficult circumstances from praying over a person's mouth. Thank you so much. And I pray. As she continues to pray, you will meet her where she is. One of those moments when she's praying, Jesus, I pray you will meet her where she is and reveal yourself to her. See, we have to have the confidence to know that God can go in and speak to somebody, even if they are lost, even if they've never even had a conversation with him. When you pray over people, you can ask God to have a conversation with somebody and meet them in their place of prayer, even if they don't believe the exact same thing you believe. That is one simple way that we can reach the loss is showing them the power of prayer and not being afraid of their problems, but giving them a solution to the problem. Because even if they don't know the God or the Jesus that you know yet, God still hears their prayers. And sometimes teaching an unbeliever about the power of prayer is all the seed that you need. So I'm not saying you got to go you know, bring the increase. I'm saying just be willing to plant seeds. Just be willing to water. Just be willing to give light. You know, sometimes giving light is tipping a person really big off something really small. <laughs> you know, they may, you, your, your, your bill may only be $8 or whatever the case may be. You give them a $20 tip and it's kind of like, whoa, this is way out of proportion. When you become willing to reach the loss and, and you love people and you want to see them do well, the Holy Spirit will be guiding you and he won't have you being weird. Like we think we're being weird. Sometimes the stuff that we're showing up with, if we will just say it, it will literally make somebody's day. Most of the time when I'm, approaching people if they're a stranger they're receptive i have had people stand up and listen and be respectful and the first thing i'd ask them was do you believe in god and one of them said i don't know like <laughs> i've had very interesting scenarios um and times where i feel like i didn't reach a person and they were completely off it yes but not stabbing and punching me no in a very peaceful way, just no, Jesus, no, I, ain't, I don't believe in hell. Like, miss me with that. And it's like, okay, I don't want you to go there. So I'm going to privately be praying that you get a ton around. But even if someone is not receptive in the moment to what you're saying, the seed still got planted. I have talked to people and they told me, you left me with questions. 
These were people who didn't want nothing to do with Jesus, the church, nothing. Practicing the occult, total witchcraft uh, in a lot of regards. Like, hey, you left me with a lot of questions. And all I shared was the reason that Jesus died on the cross, that what they like about me and what they see in me that they keep calling energy or power that is the Holy Spirit. And I just explained the basic fundamentals of life in Christ. That's it. It was just simple stuff. And it left them with questions. And I also told them that the wages of sin is death and that a lot of the witchcraft stuff, I did go into like, hey, it's a spirit behind these things. It's not the same spirit that you like in me. And I know you might think it's the same spirit, but eventually there's a payment that's going to come if you're getting results off these uh, idols, tarot cards, all these different things. So I, that's, this episode is not about getting into that stuff. I'm just sharing uh, understanding with you of, of some of my experiences and how, you know, you don't have to be rude. You don't have to be mean. Just be willing. Just be willing. Ask God to give you his heart for the lost. Ask God to give you Christ's compassion for people. I started praying that because I realized, I was like, Lord, I'm spending more time. It's nothing wrong with spending time with believers and helping believers. But every time somebody need prayer, they're a believer. Like, uh-uh, let me rearrange some things <laughs> like I get it believers need prayer we stick together there's power in numbers nothing wrong with us praying together but I realized I was like there are some unbelievers that need prayer they have sick relatives or people and yes God will heal people even if they're not saved for those you know who don't know that yes the miracles and all that stuff can work because there's signs to them that God is real so that they may believe um, and be born again in their spirit and, and get that new righteous nature from God, have God abiding in them. So I just encourage you to pray and ask God to give you Christ's compassion for people. He will do it. I have not always been as adamant as I am now about reaching the lost when I see an opportunity to do it. I wanted to grow and understand things concerning the Lord. I wanted to help other people grow. But when I say reaching the lost, I mean you stick your hand in that dark place and you pull in something out that sometimes is telling you, I'll never believe what you believe. Or you pull in something out that's like, that's crazy. Why would you believe that? Or you pull in something out and they're like, oh no, let's mix Islam and Christianity. Let, oh, let's mix Christianity and such and such. Yeah, let's bring the two together. And it's like, no, no, no. What I'm trying to tell you is what this Bible says. You can reject the Bible and you can reject Jesus all you want to. But it doesn't change the fact that the Bible says that it's true. And unfortunately, the only way that you can 100% thoroughly and surely find out is to get on the other side of life, which is death from this earth. And then you'll see for yourself what was the truth and what was not. This is what I'll do a lot of times if a person is just hearing the gospel and I'm like seed planting or I'm watering the seed. I'll tell them sometimes when they're kind of looking at me like, I can't believe you just said that to me. And I can't, oh, that's, you just walked up to me and started talking about God. Or And I do it. I do have an unction a lot of times. And, and that unction persists with strangers because when I started praying Christ's compassion, 
Christ knows these strangers. They're not strangers to him. So if I'll just be a vessel, they won't be strangers to me either because he'll give me the stuff that's going on that I may be able to pray or or give word of wisdom or or knowledge just to say, hey, God sees you. He hears you. He knows, you know, pray to him. And I've had situations like that where God just sent me to somebody to tell them, like, pray to me. But what I'll do, I'll say, you know what? I understand you believe what you believe or, you know, maybe you got hurt through some religious avenues previously, but you saying you don't believe in heaven or hell or that, you know, if it's all made up for your sake. Hey, if if we get over to the other side and everything that this Bible and that the Christians have been talking about is not true, no harm, no foul, nothing lost, right? We're all good. I was doing the best that I could. You were doing the best that you could. And then a lot of times I'll tell them this. But if we get over to the other side and you realize that this crazy girl in Chipotle that just paid for you and your boyfriend's food and started talking to you about God and death was actually right and you chose to reject the Jesus that she shared with you and you didn't believe and you get to the other side and you find out that what she said was actually true concerning the Bible. Based off what she said, the Bible said, Will you or will you not inherit eternal life? And y'all, a lot of times they'd be like, like it leaves a question mark. And it's just the question mark of what if it's true? And sometimes that's all people need in order to have their heart less hard towards the gospel. God can use anybody who is willing. I'm telling you, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is he takes the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And and that's how I feel. Like sometimes I would just walk up to a person and I'll say, hey, do you need prayer for something today? Or just buy their food or, you know, there's so many ways to just love on people, just love on them, y'all, because So many people are in darkness and they need light. Anytime you see somebody struggling with something that is unhappy and you are a believer, there's something in your spirit that could cut a light on for them. And I just encourage you to do it. Just be willing. Now, as a quick recap, we've been talking about this because we started a series entitled Five Types of People According to the Bible. The first person type is the unbeliever. And that's what we've been talking about in the previous episode and in this episode. How do you reach unbelievers? The second person type is the new believer. The third person type is the carnal Christian. The fourth person type is the spiritually mature. And the fifth person type is the false believer. And so in the previous episode, we were looking at the account of the woman at the well and the different ways in which we could reach unbelievers and share the gospel with them, share the love of God with them and share light and truth with them. And now I'd like to share a revelation with you specifically concerning John chapter four and the account of the woman at the well and this fresh perspective that we can use to look at this particular story. I have never looked at this account of the woman at the well in the way that he gave me to look at it for this episode. So he showed me the five types of people right here uh, in this account with the woman at the well. So the woman did not believe initially. And so she was an unbeliever. When Jesus shared who he was with her, she believed it. So she became a new believer. The disciples came up, focused on whether Jesus had eaten or not and was wondering, hey, who sent him food? We we just came back with the food. Who, who else sent him food? He said he didn't already ate. Three, carnal Christian. 
concerned with satisfying the flesh and fulfilling the needs of the flesh. And then number four, the spiritually mature. Jesus was the the person representing the spiritually mature in this account. And then finally, the fifth individual that we can see in this account of the woman at the well is the whale. The whale is a representative of the false believer. Because if we look at what Jesus said, I thought this was so good, y'all, when the Holy Spirit pointed this out to me. Listen to what Jesus said. John chapter four, verse number 13. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. He was saying, if you drink of this well water, you will be thirsty again. It won't solve that internal problem problem. But if you drink of the water, I give you the true water of salvation. You'll never be thirsty again. And so number five, the false believer, it's a well. It looks like water. It smells like water. It may taste like water, but it will not give you eternal life. It will not lead you to Christ. It will, uh, it will not reach you in a way that a Christian is equipped to reach a person who's an unbeliever and, and shine and be light in their life because they don't have any true light. The false believer is not a person of the true light. So there we have it. We did a deep dive on person number one, which is the unbeliever. The next deep dive is on person number two is the new believer. And after that, we'll go to number three, the carnal Christian, number four, the spiritually mature, and number five, the false believer. Thank y'all so much for hanging out with me on WordCast. I pray that these words will stick to your heart and to your mind and that as you are out in your day-to-day life, you remember to reach people. Whether you know that they are lost or not, you are open, you are willing, and you are praying every day to have Christ's compassion for people. You will start noticing a difference in yourself. have a little bit of homework for you. I am recommending that you read John chapter four from top to bottom. In light of everything we talked about with me showing you all the different things and revelations that God gave me concerning it um, with these five types of people according to the Bible, read John chapter four in a space where you don't have distractions. You can just sit there and just read it. It's not a lot of noise, just you and the word and the Lord. I believe as you read it, God will speak to you directly concerning these things mainly for those people who you're scared you're apprehensive i'm telling you just read john chapter 4 remember the notes watch this episode again your confidence will grow as you allow christ's compassion to be poured out from within you outward to people see when god gives you christ's compassion he's not pouring it down on your head from heaven in the clouds if you have the holy spirit on the inside it's gonna come out it's already in there it's just a matter of it being released. That's the difference between a person who evangelizes to the lost and those that don't, but they're both Christians. One person is releasing everything in their born again spirit. The other person is suppressing and quenching and holding certain stuff back, such as sharing the gospel with people who may really, really need it. I love y'all. Talk to you soon.